has a goldfish. Do you like goldfish? <laughs> what else do you like? I have some goldfish. What else do you like? Um, Kiki. Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hey, my friend, we are back today with another interview on Holy Healthy Mama. This is episode 15, Liking and Loving Your Husband with Mrs. Rachel Ballard. Her mission in this world is to really help people stay married because as she puts it, that's the goal, right? You get married, you want to stay married. And she's got some great tips for how to do that, how to like your husband again. So we will briefly start with our moment of encouragement before we head into the interview. Here we go. The ever awesome St. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Yep. That's all we got to do to change this world. Go home and love your family because that's where it begins. So let's dive right into the bio with Mrs. Rachel Ballard. Here we go. Rachel Ballard is a real world, tell it like it is, marriage strategist and creator of the How to Like Your Husband podcast. If you're ready to learn how to up-level your marriage without spending thousands on therapy and drowning your relationship sorrows in iced tea and nachos, stop in and download her free guide to the five questions you should be asking in your marriage at www.mrsrachelballard.com. And that's R-A-C-H-E-L-B-A-L-L-A-R-D. And of course, that will be in the show notes. So here we go, Rachel. All right. Um, Let's see. First, I'm going to ask you a question off topic here. Okay. Do you drink coffee? Well, actually, I just gave up coffee like two weeks ago. I gave up coffee January 1st. Wow. And we are recording shortly after the new year. So that's relevant here. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting ride. I realized I don't really miss coffee. I, what I was missing was like a hot drink in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I've replaced it with like a, uh, cacao. I don't know how you say that word, the like chocolate powder, whatever. So that's funny. I, that code word, that name, that word cracks me up because I saw an episode somewhere where it was like these people's code word and they were crazy. So the whole, <laughs> they just kept saying, cacao, cacao. <laughs> I drink a lot of iced tea though. So don't think that I'm like caffeine free or something crazy like that. That's why you say you should not be drowning your relationship sorrows in iced tea and nachos. Are those two of your favorite things? Those are my two favorite things. So. I mean, my husband and my kids and then nachos and then iced tea. There we go. Priorities here. <laughs> Depending on the day, there's a level of. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So I asked 
you to come because, or to be on this podcast because emotional health is so important to the overall picture. And most of my audience, my listeners were moms mm-hmm. and probably married. I mean, I don't know every single person, but likely married. And the found the marriage, a marriage is the foundation for, you know, our home life. And I'm so excited to have you talk about this. So what is your vision for marriages? What do you? So my vision for what I do, like my life goal in, in what I'm doing is to allow every other woman to get to have the type of relationship that I'm having with my husband now. Um, a relationship that I've created and worked on and that now, you know, once he got on board with it as well, that, that we work on together. Um, and it's really one of friendship. Like we are best friends. Uh, we love hanging out with each other and we're going to be fine when our last baby leaves for college or whatever, like we're going to still have a great relationship and that's not where we were before. So really when I think of a vision of what I want for other people, it's that when your babies leave, you still have something there that makes you happy and that you are comfortable in. And it's really just like a whole nother part of your life starting instead of concentrating on this whole part of your life that's ending. Mm -hmm. And as I, I knew that was my vision and what I was working for. And then our first baby left two weeks ago (laughs) for college. And, uh, it just really became even more, um, important to me to help women find that because I just feel so, so blessed with that right now. So in your personal relationship, if your vision was fulfilled, would you say? It is, we fulfill it every day because we work constantly on our relationship and on our marriage. Um, You know, I don't think there's an ideal world where you never argue or you're never irritated or you aren't a little frustrated that you have to pick up the same pair of shorts from the side of the bed every single day or whatever, you know, my husband hates it that I leave the gas tank empty on a regular basis. So, you know, there's lots of things like that in life, but it's that, you know, we, we, um, work to like each other every day. What is the difference between love and like? Yeah. So I really think that as mothers, especially we love our husbands because they gave us this, you know, they helped us create this amazing gift that we have in our children. And um, we love them for that. We love them for, you know, the things that they do bring to the table within our family. Um, but, and love is, is that feeling that you just, you got in the pit of your stomach and that you, it's kind of, it's harder to get rid of, I really think. And the like I mean, that's where you're letting things build up resentment. That's where you're getting irritated daily and and allowing resentment to build up, or that's where you're giving short answers and rolling your eyes and, you know, not showing the respect that you should to your husband or not being respected by him like you should be. And so I, I honestly feel like like is a harder thing to have in a marriage than love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, 
I definitely can see what you mean there. Love is harder to get rid of and you feel it deeper and like is all the stuff that it's the ins and outs, the day to day, the the stuff that you do struggle with more. Yeah, we all love it. Yeah. And when that like um when that like is there, then the love stays. The love the love is good. When you have more days that you're not liking each other and they're building and building and stacking and stacking, that's where that bitterness starts to erode away at your love. So I just feel like focusing on that and focusing on relationship where you actually enjoy each other can strengthen um, the the mortar of your of your love, if you'll let me describe it like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, now, as you work, so let me see, you do work with couples or women? I only work with women. women. Okay. Um, so yeah, I definitely believe that you can change your relationship, um, that you don't have to talk about it. Uh, I have a lot of information on my website and have a podcast episode about how to improve your marriage without talking about it. Um, and that's how I approached mine. So. Okay. I love that approach because a lot of times men are resistant to the whole self-help, you know, trend or whatever it is not a trend it's valuable but i like that you can have a woman do it and improve it on her own yeah Uh, i really do okay sure yeah i'll be happy to so i really think um that in order to improve your marriage you you have to start with yourself Uh and you have to really be honest about your role in what is happening in your relationship um it can be really easy for us to feel like we do everything and that we're responsible for everything and um, not see uh, what he's bringing to the table or it's really easy for us to be very short with them or criticize them for the way they're doing things. We're very vague in asking for help. So we'll just say, we need help. I need help. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too, you know, this is wrong. But we don't give any clear direction on how to give us that support. And then we're really mad when they don't do it. So, for instance, I'm so tired. Men want to help us. Our husbands, they want to fix it for us. That's their biochemistry is to um, solve problems and fix them for that, for us. So if we actually want that help, we have to tell them what that looks like. So saying. I'm so tired does not give him enough information saying I'm so tired because uh, the baby has been up five times every night this week. You're sleeping. I'm nursing. Um, Do you think when you come home tomorrow at four that I could lay down and take a nap for an hour, hour and a half? And can you wake me up when the alarm goes off? You know, that kind of like very specific things they're willing to do those things. You know, most men are willing to help us if we just tell them how. It's when we don't that they get really frustrated or they try their own ideas, which they can't think like women. I mean, that's just the sooner that you just realize that they cannot think like you, nor can they read your mind, the happier you will be as a married person. So um, I feel like as you're trying to change your marriage, if you are 
working on yourself, working on how you are respecting your husband, working on the eye rolling or the sarcasm, if that's something that, that you do. I'm a, I'm a, I have a huge problem with sarcasm. It's like my love language. Um, it's not my husband's. So, you know, it's something that we definitely have had struggles over. So thinking through those things and, and then just focusing on you. I really took the approach of focusing on myself and seeing how to, figuring out how to show up as the best version of me and improve me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took a, it took a while, but it took a couple years. And then all of a sudden he noticed and it was like, oh, I, wow, I like this. This is a good direction that we're going. Maybe I should work on me too. Maybe we could do this together. So, you know, now we're in a point where we both work on ourselves and both work on personal growth. And um, it's just brought our marriage to an even higher level. Yeah. It's amazing. I think that might be kind of hard for some people to see when over, you know, you said it took years when mm-hmm. a lot of us want instant gratification. How do you get around that with women? So the instant gratification can come from two places. First of all, it's going to come from how you feel in your own head. Because when you are trying to make changes in your life, the first person that's going to notice is you, because you're going to hear your inner voice differently. Um, As far as they go, I don't mean it took years for anything to be any different. I just mean... um, it took, a, it took two years for me to feel like if we stayed right here for the rest of our lives, I'd be fine. Like this would be amazing. So there was definitely progress along the way. So the first kind of progress for, for us, and we start in different places with different couples, depending on what their issues are. Um, but one of mine was, was help that I needed help. I was super overwhelmed. We have, um, four kids. Uh, we homeschool. I was working outside the home at the time as well. And it was just really, um, overwhelming to me. So, um, I just got really specific in what I would ask for. If I, if things needed to get done that night, I would say, Hey, we need to do this and we need to do this. Which one do you want to do? And, and let him choose. And he would choose one and he would do it. And I had to uh, walk away from that because once you've asked for help and you've been specific about what you want the help to be, now you have to move away from the, the project and let it happen, right? So if you say, hey, uh, Hattie needs a bath and the dishes need to be done, which one can you do? And he chooses to load the dishwasher. Don't stand there and correct how the dishwasher gets loaded. Like just walk away and let the man load the dishwasher. Right. That's not going to make you like him anymore. No, no. (laughs) I don't want to watch anybody load a dishwasher, frankly. (laughs) We all do it wrong, I think. But, um, you know, we, if you say, hey, we are going to a birthday party on Saturday and I need you to get the gift, and that's the only information you give, then it doesn't matter what electronic drum set he comes home with that they're going to hate you for. You're going to wrap it and you're going to take it to the party because that's the information you gave and he did it. And you're going to thank him for doing it. So, um, and I think when we start doing those things, some little things like allowing them to help us which makes them feel needed and necessary. 
Um, and I think a lot of that has been taken from men in the past few decades where they are not as necessary in a relationship, it almost seems like. Um, especially that's how they're portrayed a lot in TV shows and um, in the media and all kinds of things. So when we, in our own home, make them feel needed and wanted as part of the relationship, I feel like that alone changes how they react to us. I like that. Yeah. Media versus reality. Right. Skewed for sure. Very skewed respect them and need them and let them know it right yeah yeah i mean because that's what we want right we want to be respected we want to know that they appreciate us we want to know that they think we look amazing in our leggings like we want to know those things right (laughs) yeah for sure they want to know too that's right and so i'm kind of jumping around here so bear with me i'm not going no you're fine to my question but so we all know what a blah marriage looks like. And on your website, you said you take, you want to help people take their marriages from blah to aha. Mm-hmm. Now, an aha marriage to you, I'm going to assume it has respect and what were the other things you just listed? Respect and I don't know. What does an aha marriage look like? So I believe an aha marriage looks like respect, friendship intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you are covering those three things, you're, you're pretty much living the dream because when you find all three of those things, that's where romance comes in. And that's where, you know, that toe curling and butterflies in the stomach. So you, you can move through those in whatever way that you need to for your relationship, because we all, um, suffer with different parts of that being, fractured or being blah um because we're busy we have kids and we have jobs and we have businesses and it we're tired we're so freaking tired right right um but we all have the same number of hours in the day and we all get to choose exactly how we use them so for me my priority is to use them to make sure that my marriage stays sparked and that our relationship stays um hot and fun and respectful. Mm -hmm. So if I have a choice between getting 20 more minutes of sleep or a choice between sitting on the couch and talking, you know, to my husband while he rubs my feet or while, you know, we're watching something, some documentary or something or playing a game, like I'm going to choose that because yeah, I might be a little tired in the morning, but that 20 minutes is going to be worth it to make sure that we're staying connected and staying relevant and yeah. Yeah. So those 20 minutes, those kind of cross the lines between friendship and intimacy. You're, you're having a discussion, you're learning more about each other. You're building the relationship both intimately by physical touch and in connections within. Um, Right. Yeah. I like that a lot. Those three pillars are awesome. Respect, friendship, and intimacy. Okay, so now let's say we have some listeners who are in the blah stage. Yeah. They want to get out of it. What action items can you help us with here? What can we do? Okay, so um, the first thing 
that I would highly suggest is um, putting some time on your calendar every day, uh, five minutes, that's all you have to do, put a five minute note to yourself, some code word if your husband sees your calendar, that will remind you or set an alarm in your phone. I have a lot of alarms in my phone that go off to remind me of various things. And uh, you can set that alarm to say what you want it to remind you of. If you don't know that, you can tell your phone what to tell you at that time. So five minutes, somewhere in your day, your phone's going to remind you, your calendar's going to remind you to make sure your husband knows you're thinking about him. And um, I tend to do that in text. That's how I generally suggest that you start that out is via text. Um, I have a um, freebie on my website that is uh, 50 texts that you can send to your husband that kind of start uh, really mild and build up in intensity and um, hotness level, if you will, <laughs> that you can send to make sure he knows that you're thinking about him. Uh, that takes about five seconds and you putting it on the calendar that doesn't take away from romance that just reminds you to do the one action that's going to create the romance later that's going to make sure he knows that he's top of mind for you which can change his whole mindset so I recommend so cool that you have a uh, work, uh, what did you say? A worksheet that has the yeah. 50 text because yeah. I think like that can be scary if you've never it can. done it if it's new and wow that's right. so helpful so if it's scary start on the first page and don't turn the pages until the first page is not scary okay and so once you've sent the first page worth then by then you should feel comfortable to turn one more page and get a few more and go from there because and just build it up and i really recommend not doing this at the same time every day like totally putting it on your calendar, maybe every, maybe it repeats every Monday at 11 and every uh, Tuesday at five o'clock and every, you know, Wednesday, change it up. And sometimes that means you'll be texting him when he's in the same room with you. Maybe you're making dinner and he's helping with homework and you just send a quick text out, type that up and send it, um, which will be somewhat shocking to him the first time it happens. You know, it doesn't even matter what it says. It's going to be shocking that you just, you know, winky faced him from uh, in the room. But it's like, hey, like you look really good bending over that math homework or whatever it is, you know, and make sure that he knows that you're thinking about him. So that's, that's a place I would start for sure. And then also, uh, we live and die by a weekly date night. And I, when I say date night, like I see women's eye, like whole face, like shutters, like nobody's got time for that. Nobody can afford that. Like, what are you doing? And I think you need to change your mindset around date night. So first of all, it does not happen to have to happen at night. <laughs> it does not have to cost money. Um, it can be any variety of things depending on your season of life. Um, for us with every, you know, baby that first year, date night also included a nursing baby. So, you know, when that has to happen, it has to happen. That's your season of life. But it can, if you don't have any sort of childcare, it can be after the kids go to bed. It can be during nap time. It can be in the morning if he wakes you up early before he leaves for work or you leave for work or whatever. Take 30 minutes and find a way to connect, work out together, um, hang out together. We play games a lot. All of a sudden, my husband has us doing puzzles. I really don't like puzzles, but that's what we're doing right now. 
<laughs> I don't like puzzles because our oldest baby left and now I'm like, we're not this old. Like what is happening? <laughs> but, um, date night does not have to cost a bunch of money. Like at this particular age that our kids are, um, sometimes we just take a walk. And so we'll just walk around the block eight or 10 times. And then we can peek our head in every time we come around because they're old enough to be there, but not quite old enough for us to drive away. You know what I mean? So like, just get creative with your time and figure it out. And it should be the first thing that goes on the calendar. And the last thing that would get removed, we will skip a gymnastics practice or soccer game before we would skip date night because our relationship is that big of a priority to us. Wow. That kind of, I don't know. That's really neat. And it's cool to hear. And that's definitely something that I don't do because of the season of life I'm in and I have a whole list of excuses. So this is right. definitely one area where I can look at my life and think, huh, I can see that. Except the only puzzles we have are dinosaur and fire truck and <laughs> you lucky, lucky lady. <laughs> right. All right. Any other specific action items? So you have the five minute note to self or a text the weekly date night. Yeah. And then another thing that we do uh, that really helps us to avoid surprise in the schedule, which is usually where people get really irritated. I found that with my husband, the crabbiest that he ever would be with me was generally um, when he would like get home from a hard day. And then I would be like, and you have gymnastics and it's your night to make dinner. And the, and he's just like, like, can you just tell me that before I walk in the door kind of thing. And so we started having uh, weekly meetings. We meet Sundays at 630 in the morning before our kids get up. We're both really early risers. You don't have to get up at that hour if you don't want to, but that's when we do it. And we talk about everything on the calendar that week. We make sure date night is on there. We make sure family night is on there, especially now we have teenagers that work and all that stuff. Um, so it gets a little more complicated. So we make sure date night and family night are on the calendar. And then we go through all the activities that we have and put on there who's driving to each of those so that we know who's responsible for that. We decide who's making dinner what night. My husband does a lot of the cooking at our house. So if I'm supposed to make dinner, we need to know that ahead of time because I'm terrible at it. And generally all of our kids want to find someone's house to go eat at. So we try and warn them. <laughs> but, you know, we kind of just make sure everything's handled. If there's a birthday party, who's getting the gift and kind of divide the things up that used to just be my responsibility. Um, just like an unspoken responsibility that we had never really agreed on, but I had always just done. And um, now we talk about all of them so that there's no surprise. And he looks at his calendar every single morning. He knows exactly what he has to do for that day. And um, it's a much less crabby system. Yeah. We actually practice that too. We have a family meeting and it's Sunday nights and we get out like some wine or beer and mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and we sit down and we go through the whole week too, to make sure there's no surprises because we found that. Uh, this is the first year my son's in pre-k and my husband's schedule fluctuates all the time and so the mornings that he was home randomly by chance right. it should have been great but it was just like no. throwing everything off 
everyone was like, cranky and throwing fits, right. and so like we have yep. practiced this and yeah it makes me like him a little bit more yeah yeah for sure it's hard when they they're there and you're like oh I should be happy that he's here and really you're just like you're ruining my whole schedule right like, so annoyed <laughs> yeah we we homeschool and my husband is home during the winter more because our business that we own is seasonal and I'm just every time he walks in the door early I'm just like oh and here we go a whole school day like out the window because I find something to take you know like oh come help me change the oil oh come do that you know and it's teaching them stuff too so I try and just remind myself of that as much as possible mm -hmm. but yeah it can be frustrating right all right well Rachel this has been awesome. You talk about the pillars of a good relationship, respect, friendship, intimacy, and then you provided us with three super tangible items that we can apply to our relationships to help us like our husbands more. You know, five minute note to self, weekly date night, a weekly meeting. This has been an amazing interview, and I'm so glad you're here to join me. Is well, there anything you. else you'd like to? add anything left um no just if they if there's any questions or you're looking for more information i guess to help your marriage you can uh find me at mrsrachelballard.com or on instagram at mrsrachelballard and head on over to the website i've got several freebies of different things that can help you um with your marriage and to make that connection so and she has a podcast as well yeah how to like your husband how to like your husband. Yeah. Awesome. And I so, try and keep that short 20 to 30 minutes a week and just to give you some good solid reminders and information for how to just change things up for that week and grow as a couple. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Rachel. And I hope you have a good one. Thanks. You too. All right. Thanks for listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you loved the show, please leave me a five-star review. It will help with the show's visibility, initial and long-term success, and it will make my heart happy. All right, family. Love your babies, say your prayers, and eat your greens.